Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Mickey Spagnola, DallasCowboys.com. Midway through the 5 o'clock hour, Paul's top five around the corner here on 365 Sports. Mickey, thanks for your time. We have... uh, done segments together for over 20 years and we have had what were exhilarating wins for the Cowboys some that they somehow survived and then they have pooped on themselves and I don't know if that's the case was that more Arizona was just really pretty damn well caught coached up had a great scheme and Dallas just kind of was a step behind uh, I think that was part of it I think that um uh, the Cardinals came up with a very good offensive scheme to try to take advantage of the Cowboys being so aggressive. And it was a detriment to themselves because uh, they were so amped up and ready to go and get the quarterback. And they forgot about setting edges and they forgot about playing the run uh, the way you need to. And I think there was some uh, missed assignments uh, by the Cowboys defense. You know, I understand what happened offensively with the when you're missing three fifths of your offensive line, uh, but defensively, uh, you can't let that happen. And, and I think that there's a uh, high level of pissed off in that locker room right now, and we'll see if they rectify uh, what they, you know, did in the desert, uh, kind of disintegrating everything they had accomplished in those first two games of the season. Yeah, they were just so good and overwhelming, which should have been right on the wall that, my God, in the NFL, that's why no matter, you know, you just, no matter what Miami did in scoring 70-plus points against Denver, it just, you, you just, that's why they played the game. So of the interview, uh, the injuries they had, and they were critical offensive line injuries, they still have a nice young backup group of offensive linemen. Who's back this week against New England? 
uh, today. So today's the kind of the big practice in pads. Uh, Zach Martin and Tyler Biotish uh, were in pads. They list them at limited, but limited means they didn't get every snap they normally would have gotten. Uh, just kind of ease them back in. But uh, Zach Martin certainly, certainly sounded as if he should be ready to go. You know, last week, David, you know, on Thursday, Friday, I was told they were putting those guys as questionable uh, just to cover themselves in case when they got to Saturday, uh, something cropped up. Well, something cropped up on Saturday. Uh, now, I think uh, those two guys should be good to go if they can practice in pads. Uh, Ty- Tyron Smith, would, and this one is weird uh, because – he was expected to go and you know they were going to go all the way up till sunday and they even dressed him uh but he didn't play and now the other two guys are practicing and he wasn't i mean he he was rehabbing today i'm assuming uh because he wasn't out on the field doing the rehab with other guys but maybe he did it on a different schedule so at this point i would think since he hasn't practiced either day, I don't know that even if he practices on Saturday, uh, that, uh, you know, he's good to go on Sunday. And that one to me is more disturbing than the other two spots. Cause I thought Brock Hoffman and TJ Bass kind of held their own, but Chuma Doga at tackle, you know, at guard, it's okay. But at tackle, that makes me cringe. Well, it, it- I, I know Tyron Smith is a possible Hall of Famer. And, and at some point, who knows? I don't know about whether he's a part of the Ring of Honor because that's just down the road. But I know a somewhat healthy Tyron Smith is better than most anyone else. But is it almost like a pain in the butt because you don't know when he's available? Well, I mean, he played so well in those first two games. And then all of a sudden, this knee thing uh, cropped up. He's got more braces on his body. I, I don't know how he could hurt himself, right? Uh, you know how they do the the open of the, uh, I, I think it's the, uh, maybe the Fox pregame show, and they got that big guy. Oh, looks yeah. Like, yeah. That's what, that's what he looks like with all those braces on, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then he can't go. So, to me, David, um, 13 games of Tyron Smith is better than anybody else they could put out there. Yeah. Now, the only other thing they can do is say, okay, Tyler Smith, you're my left tackle, and we'll find a guard to plug in there. Because I think it's easier to plug in the guard because you can bounce people off of each side of you. But when you're out on that island by yourself at left tackle, you got to be pretty good. And unfortunately for them, they thought they had a young backup for there, uh, Matt Walesko, and he ended up with a shoulder injury. He's on IR, he's moving well, but he's got to miss two more games. Uh, and Chuma Doga, I'm sorry, uh, that's a liability out there at left tackle. Didn't Tyler Smith play left tackle for them a lot last year? Oh, yeah. When Tyron Smith went down, yeah. they moved in the left. But see, what happened is – they weren't expecting him to miss. So right. last week was the first full week of Tyler Smith 
back in practice after he hurt himself. Golly. And so yeah. they put him at, at guard where he kind of more familiar with. Uh, and it would have been too late to say, okay, you practiced here all week. Now you're going out there. Uh, that probably been somewhat unfair. But at this point, uh, even t- Tyler Smith was asked about it, and he goes, I haven't taken any reps at left tackle. So it looks like uh, they're going to have to put a tight end over there the whole game. I'm going to say something that may not make sense at all, but I have never seen an NFL team with more 10-plus yard plays that sometimes seem like nothing happens at the end of the drive. I know they've been kicking a lot of field goals. They've had a lot of red zone opportunities. It's not quite as efficient as they'd like, but they're scoring points. But does it seem like like 9, 12, 13, 17? Maybe they have a false start, 12. And, And yet it doesn't seem like even though they blew out their first two opponents that they put as many points in the board as the number of 10-plus yard plays they have? Well, look at it this way. You only score 16 points. They had 83 plays. Mm. So they're moving up and down the field, somewhat what you're saying, and they just couldn't score touchdowns. They were either kicking field goals we're going for it on fourth down uh, or ended up forcing one into the end zone because you were so desperate at the end to score, you probably threw a pass that normally you wouldn't have thrown. But then again, if you look at it this way, they should have had first and goal at the one or a touchdown pass to Michael Gallup. It was interference for some godly reason. They picked up the flag. Yep. I don't know if you saw the picture on the front page of the sports on the morning news on Monday. They had the picture of Michael Gallup looking for the ball with his arms stretched out. The cornerback is in his body and the ball's still a yard at least, or maybe two away from him. How do they pick up the flag? I don't know. So you don't get that. They had another almost touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks, and he ends up out of bounds. Dak threw it a little too close to the sideline. And then if you look at the game before, Brandon Cooks didn't even play against the Jets. And there was extenuating circumstances in that game because, number one, they had it in hand. And I think Mike McCarthy would even admit that he didn't want to show anything he didn't need to show and didn't want to take any chances because the only way the Jets were getting back in that game was if the Cowboys turned the ball over. So I understand that. But what they got away from is look at how they scored inside the 10-yard line against the Giants. Tony Pollard hit one up the middle and scored. Tony Pollard hit the edge with his speed and scored. And then they handed the ball to Cavante Turpin, from the nine yard line, I believe it was, and he jets to the outside and they can't catch him. But they didn't use their speed in these other two games, and I found that uh, kind of uh, suspicious. Like, well, what are you doing? Because that's the way you're going to get the ball in the end zone using your speed. And so the irony of this game Sunday is the guy that scored nine touchdowns last year from the one yard line, Ezekiel Elliott comes into town with the other team. Who was the one you said during the summer (laughs) and even during the time of free agency or whatever, 
and what they did to move on from him with the running backs they have. But what you said was they may not miss him at their own 20 or even at midfield, but they needed a banger inside the red zone. Yeah, and and I think what happened was that New England gave him a little bit more money than they would have done. I think they still would have done it if they could have signed him for no more than $2 million. He got 3 and $3 million in incentives uh, to go to the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, all the good things they said about him this week, and it's like, well, okay, should have brought him back. Tony Pollard could have been your lead runner. He would have accepted that. That wasn't going to cause any problem. Now, if they need a banger and if everybody's paying attention on a couple of their short yardage in the middle of the field, Hunter Lipke, the fullback, picked up yards, right? They gave it to him on a third and one or third and two, and he gained eight yards. Better than what they used to say about Walt Garrison. You know, if you needed one yard, Walt will give you one. If you needed five yards, Walt will give you one, you know. But Lipke actually, as a fullback, showed he's got a little something. Uh, but again, it's hard to run the ball in the end zone when you're playing two backups. Neither one had started a game in the NFL, and each got to uh, the – well, last year, Hoffman was on the practice squad. He still is, by the way. Each got to the league as undrafted free agents, as a rookie. So you were asking a lot, and I think they tried to simplify it and maybe simplified it too much. All right, Mickey, last thing, and we got to let you go. We appreciate it, is that they are moving the ball. It's a different style offense because McCarthy and what they're trying to get Dak to do. Does he, in your opinion, look comfortable, or does he want to sling it around a little bit more? Well, I think they need to sling it around a little more. I think McCarthy wants to sling it around a little bit more. But what was it? what happened in the first game? Jump to a big lead, and it's a pouring down rainstorm. The second game, I explained it to you. And then the third game, they're playing, you know, with one hand tied behind their back, and they were worried about protecting him without getting the ball out quick. So uh, I think this game may be a better indication of what they're trying to do offensively because they've got guys that can get down the field. And enough of this picking and pecking. You know, you got to get the ball down the field. And Mike McCarthy is a big fan of the big plays. And his point is, you can't win in this league unless you have big plays. So he understands that. This idea that all they're going to do is chip and, you know, all that. Hey, Jerry Rice caught some deep passes in a West Coast offense, right? Yep. He wasn't, he wasn't caught catching screen passes. So, again, you had the rain, you had the lead. And then you had a compromised offensive line to keep you from holding the ball longer than you needed to. Get some seven-step drops and get the ball down the field. Well, Cooks has got the speed if he can play, and obviously CD can go deep and Gallup makes some nice catches deep when given the opportunity. Mickey, thank you so much. Ought to be interesting, the chess match with Belichick and McCarthy with the Patriots kind of want to kind of make it look like you're playing in mud with what they do, Mac Jones, their quarterback. Thanks for your time. Mickey Spagnola with us every Thursday at 530 or so here on 365 Sports.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.